And here's the cherry on the top. Our competitors who were thinking in the opposite way to, or how we were in week one and didn't focus where we had focused, remained focused on trying to salvage and, and try and get more. And we landed up purchasing them for a song and doubled our size. So if you look at the story from beginning to end, it goes week one, it's all over. I've even got the data. There it is, 67% down. Week two, I've got an idea. Month two, there's an inkling that we were right. Month three, we are right. Month four, we're doubling our size. So what is true? Was it a disaster? Or was it the biggest opportunity of our life? What is being described here is the direct result of a shift in thinking during a moment of extreme change. In this case, the extreme change was the economic impact caused by a coronavirus pandemic, SARS-CoV-2 or COVID-19 as it is commonly referred to. But these times of extreme change include a variety of other moments. The loss of a key client, the breaking down and dissolution of a partnership, the passing of unexpected, possibly business-ending legislation, and more. During the series, we look at different mechanisms, techniques, and disciplines that will guide us through these massive moments, especially those where we feel like we are losing control. Alon's cherry on the top moment came after he disciplined himself enough to activate a set of protocols and actions he needed to get himself to rational as quickly as possible. During this Navigating Extreme Change podcast series, we will be discussing these protocols and techniques. The series is an extension of Alon's Lockdown article series. Look out for the links to these articles on the relevant podcast pages. My name is Gareth Armstrong and you're listening to a Razor's Edge podcast. What I experienced with almost every entrepreneur, myself included, I just want to include myself in there, is that you start off with the classical eight steps of grief, denial, then anger, blame, hopelessness, and then you know you finally get to acceptance. But a lot of people were stuck in those different phases and never left them. So they were stuck at hopeless or stuck at blame or stuck at denial even. And what I saw quite clearly was the ones that got to rational quickly were the ones that started to make a plan quickly and started to see the opportunity quickly and were the ones that were most likely to be successful and were most successful. I then asked Alon what rational looked like to him. How do we gauge whether or not we are, in fact, being rational? What constitutes baseline rationality? I like to think of rational as an academic relationship with the data. And that's an incredibly difficult thing to do. If you're feeling threatened when your business is, feels like it's all over and you're going to, to lose everything you've worked for for the last two, five, 20 years, insert the amount of years that you've worked. It's an incredibly emotional response. You're losing something, you've created it and you're losing it. And to basically get to a level where you can look down on the data and look at that data and ask yourself questions around it is an important place to be. But if you are in the moment, if you are emotionally attached to what's going on, you're going to respond emotionally. And most often, you're going to make choices that move you away from pain and move you towards what you think is either survival or pleasure. And 
those messages are very confusing in the beginning and coming from all over the place. Are you saying that someone who is feeling a certain way needs to block those feelings entirely? In an ideal world, the answer is 100% is to block those feelings entirely. The reality is that that's almost impossible. But you need to strive toward that. You need to understand that you are reacting and not responding when you are feeling. And when you feel something's being taken away from you or you feel threatened, you're going to act in a way that you wouldn't if you were observing it and seeing a bigger context. And so I experienced the same kind of response when I felt threatened, particularly in the first week of lockdown, when everything was quite muddy and unclear and you didn't know what was going to happen next. And so it felt like there were ghosts in the ceiling and the walls and, and the floor below you. Every, you were being spooked in every direction. And I had to actually tell myself to become rational. I had to say you are being emotional and that's not going to serve you. Alon, you've got to get rational. You've got to get rational. And I actually worked with myself, speaking to myself to get myself to a point of rationality. And as I worked through that, I got rational. I got what I thought was far clearer thinking. And I had moments where I went back, especially if I heard some bad news or something that felt threatening. I would revert back a few steps and then once again have to talk myself back into a place of rationality. And after a few times of that happening, by the third, fourth, fifth time of hearing bad news or something threatening, I was okay. And so the, the fifth or sixth shock or bad news was, okay, what is really going on here? Um, that's information. It could be good, it could be bad. Which one is it? And I'll give you hopefully an example just now of how my initial emotional reaction to something turned out to be 180 degrees from what was really going on. But aren't our feelings valuable? Don't they help us make decisions? When I'm sitting in a business and I'm analyzing my own business, I come with my own bias, with my own blind spots. In my opinion, that's not a, a good way to analyze from within. It's from the outside. In my mind, from the top down, I look down at the information and look at it from that perspective and try to divorce myself from who I am as CEO of the company. The state you're trying to get to is you're trying to observe yourself. I can still look at what the qualitative stuff is going on, but it's a third person's perspective. And that's why I said earlier it's about being academic. It's about looking down at the information. It's all laid out, and then I can analyze it that way. How do we activate a move to rationality as quickly as possible? Towards the conclusion of his first article in the series, Alon suggests four things we can do immediately. He refers to these as actions that assist him to practice perspective. So for me, getting too rational quickly is about getting perspective. And in order to get perspective, you need to get yourself out of the funk, that irrational state that you might be in, and remove yourself into a different place, a different state where you can become rational. So when I talk about cutting down on your social media, 
specifically during the time of COVID-19 and through any other environment, when you read social media, there is so many different points of view. There's so much negativity. You can get sucked into that negativity and it can actually make you quite depressed. Just so you know, I have quit social media for at least a month. I'm now off. It's not on my phone. It's not on my computer. There are no shortcuts anywhere because of exactly what you've described. I don't have as much discipline as perhaps you, but I do know that I spend a large time on social media for me to try and get the zeitgeist of the moment and what's going on. But what I found is that I was picking up so many negative stories that it was affecting me. So I cut down by 75, maybe 80% of my time on social media. I became more disciplined. I missed nothing. And this is very cliched what I'm saying, but it's true is that the less you are affected and infected by all that negativity, the more time you have, number one, and the more time you have to think and to think rationally. Thoughts are in one's mind, and so to keep one's thoughts clear, one needs to keep one's mind clear. That's very reasonable. Said another way, perhaps a way that many of our mothers would have said to us at some point or another, you can't go play with the pigs and expect to come out of that experience without being dirty. So that's Alon's first suggestion. On to his second. If I talk about dressing for work, it's trying to normalize your environment. So in a radical change environment or in an extreme change, generally what happens is lots of things change around you. During COVID, we were all at home. We were in our T-shirts and we were in our tracksuit pants and we were in our slippers and socks and no haircut, etc. And it felt like you were in a completely different environment. What I was doing with my partners at the time is saying dress for work every day. I put on my race corp shirt every day, my jeans every day. I put my socks on and sometimes I put my shoes on. And that made me feel like I was going to work every day. And in that normality, I once again experienced a sense of feeling rational. That's a really interesting take and spin on the phrase, dress for success. Alon's next two suggestions seem to go hand in hand, but there's a subtle, interesting difference between the two. Here they are. Walking around your garden is about time to think, about getting a little bit of exercise, but already time to think, walking around, coming up with ideas, taking yourself out of the context of all the the drama that's happening at your laptop screen. I spoke about giving yourself 45 minutes twice a day to actually think is to block out of a glass of wine or tea or whatever your thing is and to actually think about what was going on. As I have stepped away from social media, what I have found is that I do in fact have more time to do exactly what Alon is suggesting here. 45 minute session to think, to write, to jot down, a walk around the garden to clear my mind. Previously, what I probably would have done is pat my pockets to see if my phone was there, reach in, grab it, and open something like Facebook and Twitter and see what was going on in the world. Alon's final suggestion is a powerful one. It's possibly also the most difficult one to implement. However, I see major upsides if we are able to do it. One of the techniques I use in every environment is I try and manipulate words. So every time I heard the words COVID-19 or coronavirus, I would just say, coronavirus, think and act rationally. Remember I spoke to you earlier about the fact that I had to actually train myself to 
think and act rationally. So I gave myself trigger words. And the one word you you could not not hear in a day was coronavirus or COVID-19. So every time I heard those words, I'd say, okay, think rationally, think rationally. So I actually got external provocation, very much like Pavlov's dog, where I got Pavlovian response to the word to think rationally. Every time I heard the word, Alon, what do you got to do? Think rationally. And so that was very, very powerful in keeping me on the straight and narrow. And those were a couple of things that I spoke to my partners about and what I'm talking to entrepreneurs about. So whether it's COVID-19 or another big change in your life, it's about trying to find the words that bring you back to rational as a Pavlovian response. I like that a lot. It isn't enough to sit and try force it. We need to hold to our disciplines and then take proactive steps back towards rational. We're going to end this podcast with Alon's story. Here is the full cherry on the top account. So one of the businesses we were involved in was extremely affected by the COVID-19 environment. Their clients stopped paying and as a result, they weren't paid and their revenues dropped by 60-70% already in the first month. And so... In the first week that started happening, and certainly the first month end, we, we picked that all up. And I was beside myself. I had invested a huge amount of money, and I certainly didn't want to lose that money. That was the week one, and this is when I was practicing uh, being rational. Week two, when uh, when I started getting a bit better at it, I started to ask myself different questions and started to look at the market in a different way and realized that the particular client base that we had was affected, but there was another client base that was also affected, but because of being affected, we were now the right solution for them. Oh, they would emerge. They would emerge as our client base. They were bigger, they were more profitable, they were less risky, and we now became a solution for them as opposed to our existing client base. I picked up the phone to the CEO, I had a discussion with him. We pointed all our marketing and sales efforts 180 degrees in the opposite direction and started aiming for for this new market. And all of a sudden, we started getting these inquiries from this different market. And still till today, that has become now our biggest part of our client base. And we've almost replaced the old client base with with this new client base, which is a much better client base that is less vulnerable than our previous client base. And here's the cherry on the top. Our competitors who were thinking in the opposite way or how we were in week one and didn't focus where we had focused, remained focused on trying to salvage and, and try and get more. And we landed up purchasing them for a song. And doubled our size. So if you look at the story from beginning to end, it goes week one, it's all over. I've even got the data. There it is, 67% down. Week two, I've got an idea. Month two, there's an inkling that we were right. Month three, we are right. Month four, we're doubling our size. So what is true? Was it a disaster? Or was it the biggest opportunity of our life? Well, I put it to you that if I wasn't thinking rationally, I wouldn't have been able to see 
the other direction. And, and my Invitacommerce proof of that is that our competitors were looking quite like deers in a headlight in one direction and we were looking now in a different direction where the opportunity was because we were rational now. We hope you've enjoyed this Navigating Extreme Change podcast. The next episode in the series is based on Alon's second article, Building an Opportunity Matrix. If you'd like to be notified when this podcast is released, please go to racecorp.com to sign up for notifications directly into your inbox. Alternatively, follow Racecorp on your favorite social media platform and you'll be notified there. My name is Gareth Armstrong and it has been a pleasure.